following uh, fuck the following <laughs> the following podcast hang on wait I'm, do, I'm doing it I'm doing it I'm getting there I'm not even drunk yet All right. <laughs> the following podcast contains spoilers and some nasty language and a long fucking movie we watch it Hello, everybody, and welcome back to We Watched a Thing with Billy and Dave. How you doing, mate? That beer has some incredible head on it. I poured it so carefully and, <laughs> and just sucking hoppy air. Oh, mate, we are, we're off to a flying start. I couldn't even say the intro. I had the audio down at the start of the sting. I don't know, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's Halloween. It's, it's Halloween night. It's Halloween night. I've been out trick-or-treating, had a couple of heavy boy, you know, Halloween stouts. It's, you know, it is what it is. Yay! <laughs> but despite it being Halloween night, we're not here to talk about anything halloween are we, mate? No, not really. No. <laughs> what are we talking about? We're talking about a new Marty, a new Marty film. That's right. Our boy Scorsese, Killers of the Flower Moon, is a 2023 American epic Western crime drama film directed by Martin Scorsese with a film play he co-wrote with Eric Roth based on the 2017 non-fiction book of the same name by David Gran. It stars... <laughs> it's just, it's stable. <laughs> stars Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Lily Gladstone. I mean, heaps of other names pop up in there. Uh, Jesse Plemons, Plemons uh, John people. Lithgow, Brendan Fraser. Uh, the list goes on and on. But what is it about, mate? It is telling the and, and uh, this is a story I had no knowledge about. Um, Same. So it was very yeah. interesting. Um, of the Osage County. Um, Native Americans who became... They were Oprah-rich. Well, if you believe the title cards in the film, the richest people per capita on the planet, which I I meant to fact-check, so I I can't back that up, but the film claims it, and certainly I would believe it based on what I did read about how much money some of the characters in this did have in real life. Um, But so they due to the head rights of the oil found on their land, became enormously wealthy and a conspiracy to murder them off um, yeah. from nasty white people um, did take place and a staggering number of them were killed um, yeah. before any sort of investigation was done. And then finally they were investigated properly by the newly birthed Federal Bureau of Investigation. Yeah. And this follows the story of those murders and, and subsequent investigation yeah. and, and charges. Yeah, much like you, I had no idea about this story. Uh, I'm really curious to hear what you thought of this. I know that you weren't really that keen on even seeing this. And i got to say, I, I was the same. I, you know, I mean, Scorsese is Scorsese. Scorsese. Like, he, you yeah. know, he is one of the greatest directors of all time, and yet I was not a big fan of The Irishman. No. I do feel like he's gotten a little bit long in the tooth in recent years. I wasn't that keen on sitting through this at the cinema. Mm. And yet I saw this last Friday. We were actually catching up for a couple of beers, and I had some hours to kill in Sydney, uh, f- four hours, I guess, to be exact. <laughs> so I ended up <laughs> catching this. 
and I I was blown away. I have to say, this film was far better than I expected. Um, tell me about your thoughts about it. Like, did, did this movie meet or exceed your expectations? I mean, my expectations, as, as you say, weren't through the roof. Um, yeah. I think the Irishman was a bloated misstep in, in, in I feel the same way there's yeah. some good acting but it's twice as long as it should have been um it's and I really kind of feel like he, Scorsese's best years are long behind him yeah. uh, or coming into this film I should say um had it very much sort of cemented my opinion that his glory days were 25 plus years ago yeah. nothing he puts out is garbage but it's he, he's very much not the man, the director he once was. So my expectations were not high. I was kind of particularly given the three and a half hour running time. Um, I would have waited for streaming if I could, but um, that is still an indeterminate number of days away. So I had to pony up the money and go and, you know, cinch off my bladder and do this in a cinema. Yeah. Um, it was... Better than I expected. Okay. I don't think it's a masterpiece. So there, I, I have a lot of notes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's not bad. Yeah. It's I better was... than The Irishman by a, a, a considerable margin, I think. I, I was just really surprised. You know, I do not have the strongest bladder. In fact, I would say I have quite a weak bladder. <laughs> you know, I've sat through 90-minute movies where I've had to take a toilet break. <laughs> and yet I found this movie engaging enough that I did not want to leave the cinema. I sat there the whole time. That I did actually not feel this three hours, 26 runtime. Like, I, I, I feel that this movie really flies by. And the, I'm not, I do think that it does have some issues with the pacing. I was shocked because I had seen a trailer for this. I was shocked when it's two full hours into the film before we even see Jesse Plemons, before the investigation starts. I, I have, yeah, did I have not see that about coming. That. Um, um, I, but, can, I, I can comment on I mean, there is a reason for that, which I didn't know going into this, but I have subsequently found out that the Jesse Plemons role... Um, of the FBI agent, uh, whatever his name is, Tom White, I think, something like that. Yeah. Um, that was written for DiCaprio. Right, okay. So my assumption is, and I haven't read the book, I am keen to go and read it now because this the, this whole story is fascinating, irrespective it of what really it is. The, it's a fascinating insane. story. Yeah. It's tragic. It's it's, yes. it's it's incredibly interesting. So I am keen to go and read the, the book that it's based on. But... Given that the title of the book is something like the Osage County Murders and the Birth of the FBI, you would have to assume that what is, generously speaking, half an hour at the end of this film yeah. is more like half of the book. Yeah. I yeah. expected the investigations to be a significant chunk of this. Same, I, th I thought I it was I think that, that portion of the story is, is really done a disservice, and I, I assume part of that is that when DiCaprio apparently got presented by Scorsese with, hey, I want you to, uh, you know, I've written the, uh, the, the script with the part of the FBI agent in mind for you. And DiCaprio apparently said, no, I don't want to do that. I want to be one of the nephews of the big bad guy. Yeah. 
And I think that is why we get fucking far too much earnest and not nearly enough of the whole FBI bit. I think think the balance was shifted so that DiCaprio got more screen time. I've heard this critique from a few people. Uh, You know, I've heard a couple of reviews where they say that they think the balance was off, where they don't think uh, Ernest kind of feeds into, like, the story even enough, I guess. Um, I got to disagree big time. Like, I think that in terms of the narrative structure and our kind of in point into the film, I actually really like it. I think that Ernest is engaging. I also wouldn't say that he's the protagonist. I think that the story is told in a very historical manner meaning i don't think that it's actually seen through any one person's point of view like he may be the person that we spend the most screen time with arguably but i actually but i don't think that i wouldn't say that he is the protagonist or that the film is told through his point of view at all it's it's very kind of omniscient i think um i think that robert de niro is fucking stellar in this film his best best thing he's done in years he is amazing Yes, um, I think that Molly Lily, Lily Gladstone is Lily Gladstone is incredible MVP for me. She's the heart of the whole film. But you know what? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna Leo? hit a quick. I'm just yeah. well. I'm just gonna hit a quick button here. Big Tizzle's big call. <laughs> I sent a message to Topher as soon as this movie was over, saying I think this is my new favorite Leo performance. Whoa! And he disagreed. Oh, that's the complete opposite. I, I thought the, I I thought the any, big call was going I the haven't other heard way. anyone say this. I think it's a fucking stellar performance. I think he oh is God. so good in. And I'm a massive Leo fan. I think that. And in fact, he he was in my actors. I'd watch do anything just yeah. last week. I think that he gives such a stellar performance in this film. I've heard some critique that you know they don't buy that Ernest loved. Molly, which is obviously a huge part of the uh, story of this film. I don't get that at all. I definitely feel 100%. You know, and I look, do you let me ask you this when, you know, so he's poisoning her effectively. um, I don't think he knows that. I think he genuinely thinks he's giving her. And this is one of the, and I've got, I've got a few kind of balls to lob at, at Marty's direction. I, I think we are either supposed to buy that he is completely in the dark and he's, he's think that he fucking dim. I think he is. He's, he's dumb. He believes, you know, oh, give her all of this mystery vial. It'll just help her calm her down a bit. And he can see her withering away and basically dying in front of him. And we're supposed to either believe that he's so fucking thick and under the sway of Bobby, I think that is what you meant to think, yeah. That he doesn't see what he's doing or that he's so under Bobby's sway that he buys into the whole, you know, you know, we need to do, do all this. It's unpleasant. We do like them, but we nah. they're not going to last. We need to do... I don't he, think either he, of them... Are, uh, I don't think the direction is clear enough in either direction. Either way, uh, see, I disagree. I, I've heard that critique. I think hundred percent he doesn't know that he's poisoning her. I think that but that moment, brings it. Well, that moment that, when that he drinks some what? of the poison, that's him but figuring why? it out. That's why him is, figuring it out. That's him it, going. To me, that, that scene came off like he hates himself because he, he you know, maybe no. he sees what he's doing, or he certainly hates himself for everything else he's doing, and he knows he's poisoning her, and he thinks 
I will have it instead no. because I that's hate him. Myself. That's him testing it. That's him going, what is this? Like, I've been giving her this for so long. I should know what this is. I think that's what it is. Look, maybe there's some naivety there. Maybe he doesn't 100% know what it is. I don't think he knows that it's poison. I think he genuinely thinks that he is helping her. And in- I've heard critique about him murdering her family and stuff. Honestly, look, I'd kill Noosk's family. Like, I love <laughs> Noosk with my whole heart. I'd kill her family if there was some money involved. Like, I think I think that that's fine. I, I don't buy I, that critique. I, I don't. I And, and it's, I mean, it's one of them. And, and I had several problems with the, the writing of this and, and the way it was directed. But I think it's it's very – the pacing's off. There's a number of things. I don't buy their relationship at all. Yeah, right. See, I did. She is, I did. If anything, I, mean, I didn't – Going back, if you look at a photo of the two of them in real life, yeah, I buy that relationship because he's a lot more handsome than Leo is in this. She's a lot less attractive than Lily Gladstone. Yeah, right. And I it kind is... of go, okay – all the lines about, oh, he's very handsome. They fucking uglified Leo. It, to it is interesting that they uggo him so much. In fact, I was going to say the only thing I don't buy is from her point of view. I don't buy that she's into him because they no. do make that he does come across so dumb and so hick. She's that like I fucking don't... Emma in yeah. Jane Austen's Emma. She's the smartest, most accomplished, she is. She's best the smartest, looking yeah. of the of all the siblings, and she's supposed to be besotted by. Fucking sling blade. So that actually is and, my and only that, critique and, and that, that I don't buy my, that she would be into him. I think this is Leo's worst performance in the last Fuck fifteen off. years. <laughs> His entire acting hinges around him doing a sling blade voice with a fucking massive underbite. He's just going around like that, and that is—he's built his entire acting around that. See, I think which, I think that his character does actually have quite a bit of uh, depth to it, and I think that a lot of that comes through the performance more than it does the script. You don't think it's inconsistent depth, though? I don't. I don't. Like I said, I think that the See, weakest, as strong loved, as I, I think I Lily Gladstone is, I think the her. weakest is is actually the reverse. Her loving him, I think, is the weakest oh, part the, of the, the story. Yeah, but that's writing. That's not her performance. But yes, yes the writing. Yes. There's, I don't believe that she would f- fall for him. Yes. Once. Whereas I, th- I think that his performance is multi-dimensional enough that uh, I buy everything that he's trying to convey. I think that the MVP do of the you film believe, is, do you is Robert him, De Niro, though. Him loving her. I do. I genuinely do. I, you think I do. He, he, he sees that his actions are destroying her. Yeah. Like she is literally, from the moment she's introduced in the film, I don't think we go 15 minutes without someone of her immediate family being murdered. Yeah, It's just murder, 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 murder. Every single one chisels away at her. Her health is falling apart. Yeah. I don't Every think time he, he comes back, like and, that, oh, though. so-and-so's been murdered. Whoopsie, and she just gets destroyed <laughs> in front of him. And I don't is, think he thinks is he of just it like that spineless that he won't stand up to his uncle and go, "I'm not going to fucking see, blow up my." Wife. I think I think it's a combination of things, which is why I think that the Leo performance works so strongly for me. Is that yes, I think part of it is spineless that he doesn't want to stand up to King Robert De Niro. 
I think that part of it is like he says several times in the film, he really fucking loves money. <laughs> like, and, and I think that part of it is that he doesn't see it as destroying her. I don't think that, and I think this comes across in his performance that he wouldn't do anything ever that he actively thinks hurts her. I don't think oh, that he believes on. he's poisoning her. And I don't think I'll, he I'll thinks of killing her family thing. members like, think, as, yeah, as hurting her really. Like I just, I, I don't direction. think he's the, smart the enough to see it that way. not clear. But when he goes and convinces someone to blow up her beloved sister and yeah. admittedly, you know, possibly shitty husband that he doesn't like anyway, but yeah. he knows that she adores Rita. And I think that She's you see that in the... the aftermath of that. I think at the when time he does it, I don't think, I think he's really maybe, thinking about it. Maybe the best scene of the film, acting-wise, when he's standing at the top of the stairs, they're all... Yeah in the kind of basement, almost bunker, and he just sort of looks down and shakes his head and she just crumples. And and I think that's the first he time he realises that it's that affecting her. her. Yes, but I think at the time he did it, he didn't see it that way. He was so blinded by his lover's money and his fear of King that I don't think he saw it that way until he saw it affect her. And I think that you can see that in that performance. That's why I think he it works watches, for me. She she collapses crying about five times before that. There's Annie. <laughs> there's her mum. This is. I mean, it's it's a fucking row of dominoes of her siblings dying one after the other. <laughs> Every single time we have a scene of her just grief personified. Yeah. Leo's a cunt. Yeah, look, he's not, I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm not saying that by any stretch. The movie is called Killers of the Flower Moon. They're killers. They're awful people. This They're is, horrible, horrible people. And that's um, one, I will that's say one thing that really... Yeah, yeah, you go. I, I, I think Marty's... And he, he's obviously really emotionally bought into this story... Um, and it's a great story. Let me say that from the start. I've never heard of this, and it was an excellent story. Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, I think he does a wonderful job of portraying the Osage nascent and the um, kind of heartbreak that the yeah. elder members are going through, yeah, and, and they yeah. have that wonderful monologue. I should have looked the guy's name up. I didn't think to. But the one wonderful sort of almost soliloquy from this guy about how – the younger generation are going to forget their past. They're going to be, yeah. they're going to marry white people. They're going to grow up in white schools. They will not know their history. And then yeah. you just get this wailing of, of tears from the other older members of of the tribe. Yeah, that that scene and the the scenes showing the nation and how it's a, dealing with this, I think, are fantastic. Yeah, it's interesting. I've heard, the other critique I've heard a lot about it's you know Leo's acting, and the other thing is, well, this film should have been from the Osage perspective. And again, I cannot disagree with that more. I think that uh, were you going to say the same thing? I would have liked this to be from Lily's nah. perspective. See, I don't get that at all. I because- don't like Leo's character, and I really it, it all makes sense having read that 
he lobbied for that part and he was oh, meant to be yeah. another part. I'll, I'll say it again. Why but... Ernest is such a big part of this film is because that's the character Leo wanted to play and so the script was kind of ah. built around him. See, I disagree. And- I, I think that the movie, like I said, I think it's told from quite a historical perspective. I don't think that it really takes any one protagonist as its lead or into the film. I think that we kind of... You know, sure, we might spend the most screen time with him, but I think that arguably a lot of the emotion does come from Lily Gladstone's character. Mm. And I think that we do get a lot of sequences showing, you know, various Osage perspectives, including the elders and stuff. Mm. I, I, I really loved the narrative structure of the film. I think that showing it from his perspective, because here's the thing, he kind of, as a character, is in the middle to a certain extent. We're not seeing this from King's perspective, a la, you know, Goodfellas. We're not seeing it from Lily's perspective, a la, you know, a lot of other films. We're seeing it from this guy who's kind of come in, just wants money and doesn't really know what he's doing. He's kind of dumb. And I think that comes across (laughs) in the later scenes in the film as well. You know, when we do get to the trial and stuff, and he really, he, he just, he's just swinging. He doesn't know what he's doing or why. And no, I think that that is what idiot, makes this film is... so interesting because it, well, that's I... the truth of the story, I think. <laughs> well, I do. And I, I really wish I, I'd, I'd already read the book. I'm definitely going to seek it out because for sure, yeah, a lot, to see if a lot of the stuff that I suspect is the case is the case. So, from what I've read historically, 100% he was poisoning his wife. Like and knew he and was knew doing it? it. Yes, okay, yeah. completely. Everything I've read it, 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 in, in the uh, sort of brief Googling I did to try and get some sense of how close the screenplay was to the book and to yeah. sort of the facts that it's based on, he, he seems like he's just 100% in the gang with with Byron, but Brian or Byron or whatever his name is, the brother, and with, with his uncle and is... Yeah, it was just a murderer and, and married her purely with the goal of killing them all off and getting the head rights and getting the money. And yeah. historically, it seems from the little reading I've done that he was poisoning her with, you know, completely knowingly. I mean, that ch- that and changes I, things for me. I'm for assuming sure. I'm assuming in the film that was changed because, you know, you don't put Leo in a role if you don't want to have some pathos and you don't want to have some emotional gravitas and all the rest of it you don't just want him to be a complete bad guy you you there's there's other actors you get for that yeah so that i you know i kind of get why the film is the way it is in that sense um what did you t- make of the time jumps because that was the, one of the other things that irritated me is that we got these multiple time jumps with no explanation you were just kind of spent to come along for the ride and you know i was sitting there going are those their kids I, I was okay have with it. The weirdest thing about the time jumps is that none of them are massive. Like, there's quite a few. It's not like you're jumping, like, 20 years. You're jumping no, maybe one or two, maybe two three. Two or three years. Like, so yeah. it's not clear from the, the appearance of them or the plot, really. Yeah. There's just but, more uh, people in the house. Uh, and I wasn't sure if, is that their kids? Do they have kids? Why yeah. do we not? This movie is three wish... and a half fucking hours long. Why yeah. do we not show them her being pregnant? <laughs> I do agree. Let me let me be clear. I liked this movie a lot and it exceeded my expectations. By no means do I think it's a perfect film and my score will reflect that. I think that what worked about the film really worked. I think that, honestly, the best thing about this film is its narrative. I think the story is 
insanely compelling. I think that mm. the acting is very strong. I do think there are some pacing issues, and I'm not talking about typically what you think of pacing in terms of like runtime and stuff. I think I agree with you. I think the time jumps are a bit of an issue. Mm. I, what I do like about them, though, is that the filmmaking itself is so competent that it might be confusing at first when you jump, but within a couple of minutes, things are cleared up. Like, I think oh, that you catch up there's a lot of show not tell in the film. Yeah. yeah. You, but, yeah, <clears throat> it, it is it is an issue for sure. Yeah. I, it, it really surprised. Given, I mean, this movie is an hour too long, in my opinion. It, I, it, I'd it, say half it, an I, hour. Yeah. Well, and I'll, I'll qualify that. I, I didn't feel the length per se. But I, didn't I feel think the length until there is there is a huge amount of sh- scenes where I kind of and I think I heard Paul Pazula on the countdown say much the same thing. It's kind of like it's Scorsese. No one has the balls to tell him a scene needs to be trimmed down. You've got so many scenes where I'm just like this fucking thing should have been trimmed by fifty percent. It doesn't need it. It's adding nothing. It's just flab. See, it's interesting. I I didn't feel that at all. Like, I didn't feel that any scenes were running too long. I didn't notice that I thought it was running too long until Jesse Plemons popped up and I checked my watch and I went, holy shit, it's been over two hours and Mm. we're just getting the investigation now. What about when we get to the court case and it's the court case gets about... Oh, and there's half an hour left of the film. Two and a half minutes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. The FBI and court case should have been half this film. Because I, I agree, I do agree. I think that if you cut out half an hour and you get to that end point earlier, I think it would be much better. Because it's true, once you get to Brendan Fraser and John Lithgow, two of the greatest fucking actors of our generation, I, I was, they pop yeah. up for 10 minutes. I had no idea that Lithgow was in this film. I'd forgotten Brendan Fraser was in it. I hadn't yeah. read that, but I'd completely forgotten until yeah, we same. get to the courtroom. And I'm like... Holy shit, the fucking movie's nearly over. Why do we spend so long on this fucking drawn-out relationship that no one fucking believes anyway to shortchange the most interesting part of the film? Yeah. Which and, and I don't mean just the, the, the court I mean the courtroom scenes literally. You've got five minutes of that. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. To give yeah. me half an hour of that. But part, one of the most interesting kind of components of this entire film is the Relationship. Don't don't, we'll get to that. The (laughs) the relationship between Ernest and his uncle. Yeah. And you know how much under this guy's thumb is he? Is will he grow a backbone? All of that, and that all plays out in the space of about five fucking minutes in the court. I I I wanted twenty thirty minutes of you know kind of butting heads between Leo and Bobby. You know. Is he going to stand up for himself? Is he going to be talked around? Is he not? Is he... We get, you know, the, a great scene between um, Leo and Lily Gladstone where she comes to visit him and he's kind of doing this heart, you know, do the kids miss me? Do they understand what's going on? They've lost one of their kids, which was, a, yeah. I mean, th- that was probably Leo's best acting in the entire film is when he hears about the child dying. That was amazing. Yeah. But we get this great scene with Lily where you think she's, you know, I was sitting there going, why the fuck are you so nice? To-? You have been sitting in a courtroom where he has admitted to blowing up one of your sisters, yeah, paying someone to murder thing. the other one. Yeah. Why are you standing by him? And then she says, did you know what was in the medicine? 
And you go, oh. You're just wanting to get the admission from him. Yeah. And then when he says, oh, it was just insulin. And I I mean, you believed him. I didn't believe him. I don't think I don't think his wife believed him because she just gets up and fucking walks out. Yeah. Um that last half an hour of the film, I think, is the absolutely the strongest. Yeah. With the exception of the little coda on the end, which we'll talk about. Well, I mean, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. So we get Scorsese himself appearing in the film. Fucking Tarantinoing um, all over the place. Yeah, he is, yeah. And it's 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 so interesting from a filmmaking perspective and from a narrative perspective that here is the, you know, we hear so much about show, don't tell. And here is literally the director on screen talking and telling. And it's such an interesting and ballsy move. You think it's a misstep? I think it worked tremendously well. I think it was actually a big fan of that final coda. Okay. If the film, because the film has narration all the way through from different characters. I didn't really think about that. But, little snippets from the yeah. actual characters. I guess it does from their yeah. point of view, and they're all. It, it changes. There's like four or five different ones. Yeah. You know, it's it, it's Molly, it's Ernest. It's, it, it, there's narration all the way through, but it's from them. It's not from the actors in the radio play. So when you get to the end, and it's like, oh, this whole movie has been us telling you the story in this radio play. I'm like, well, no, it hasn't, because the narration's not been from the people doing the voices in the radio play. It's been from the fucking actors in the movie. Yeah, I, I don't. To me, I think what it's saying, and particularly when you look at the context of, you know, this is a Native American story, and history is told by the people who tell history. I think is the really interesting. Oh yeah, thing. I did- and for the most part, that has been crusty old white men, and it's really interesting that here we are again watching this story told by a crusty old white man in, see, in Martin it- Scorsese. I think it's a but really it's not interesting. Consistent. If, yeah. if if you'd had Marty's voice or one of the you know one of the other two radio actors, if you'd had one of them doing all the narration spots, and throughout the whole movie you were just like, oh, there's a narrator. That's that happens all the time. And then you get to the end and go, oh my god, this whole movie has been that radio play. Well, I, I think don't, I don't think the whole movie. Good I don't think the whole movie has been the radio play. Then why is that the way you read it? The fucking radio play. Again, I I think it's this. This is now our our telling of history. You know, like this was such a pivotal story not just in american history but it, and maybe we're missing something because we're not american but not just in american history but in particularly native american and osage history. i would be interested just to sorry to cut you off but uh any american listeners please comment i would love to know if this is yes a more kind of, of a known well-known story. piece yes. of, of the, the, of sort of the cultural would, history i would love to know that as knows well. about the osage murders I, yeah. I would be fascinated to know that it, it would be like i feel like i don't how many americans out there know about I mean, ned is, kelly is like, like is ned kelly you, a thing that you guys know and that's you know, what I, yeah like that is is it a thing yeah or if yeah like if yes I do find that interesting, and and maybe that's another aspect that just removes us from the film further. Yeah, it, it, very possible. But to me, I I don't think that the whole film is the radio play. I think that we're seeing the radio play as like, and this story was still told, but it was still told by the white people. Like it was, it was still told okay. from this perspective, mm-hmm. and we're still seeing it now. This movie isn't from the Osage perspective. It's 
Killers of the Flower Moon. Like it's right there in the title. We're still yep. we're seeing it from Ernest and King's perspective. And even when it was first told almost a hundred years ago in radio form, that's the way it was told. Like I, I think that True. to me that's the most interesting aspect of that. that I did final love coda. one thing I did love about that um little coda was seeing the actual production of the of the radio i i, I yeah. love I, I love the, the foley <laughs> yeah, i'm yeah, such yeah, a yeah. sucker if you know if i could be back in the 30s well 40s or 50s whatever that would have been a, a fucking yeah. fabulous job to have um, is coming up with sound effects for radio dramas i, so I, I know I that love you... that I know that you're not a Wes Anderson fan, so you haven't yet seen um, fucking oh shit, what's it called? His most recent, his fucking Which magnum opus. One, there's fucking four <laughs> short films on Netflix. You can't escape um, the for Asteroid City, uh, which is no. my favourite Anderson. Um, but that entire film is told through two perspectives. It's it's a play and it's the making of the play shown as a play. It sounds like a wank, but I feel like you'd actually Where's really Anderson? like that That's, aspect that of it. With, <laughs> I feel like you'd really like that aspect saying. of it as well. <laughs> Have you watched that clip of the, the Saturday Night Live sketch yet? The yes, um, mid, yeah. midnight coterie of dreams yeah. or whatever? Fuck, that's genius. Yeah. <laughs> all, right, oh, so, well, all right. No, no, I've got... No, no, no. I have one more whinge. Okay, go for it. <laughs> I am so annoyed with films having something not in English and not putting subtitles when subtitles are appropriate. There were multiple scenes in this where Leo and his wife were talking to each other in Osage and we yeah. did not get subtitles. And that yes. makes no sense. You do that when your lead character or your protagonist doesn't speak the language. Then yeah. I 100% get, I don't want subtitles. I want to be as confused as they are. When they are knowingly speaking to each other and when just fucking not privy yeah. to it yeah, I and it's that. not covered, fuck off. Why, why are you doing that? <laughs> Suddenly we're, we're in a cinema watching a film in another language that we don't understand. I get that. Yeah, I, I do get that. You're right. When, when the point of view is understanding, why are we not? Yeah. And it's not like, I mean, I get sometimes when you have, as in this film, where Leo is obviously a native English speaker, but he has learned Osage and speaks it a bit enough to converse. Yeah. If they had had him kind of slipping in and out of English, trying to keep up enough yeah. so that we could keep up, that would be fine. But they didn't. They had whole multiple scenes where you had, you know, 30, 60 seconds of dialogue going on. Yeah. We had no idea what they were saying, and they didn't recap it afterwards. That is totally fair yeah, criticism. That really annoyed the piss out of me. Yeah. All right, um, so it definitely sounds like you're lower on it than I am, although I bet... This is going to be so interesting. <laughs> I, bet our, I bet our scores are exactly the fucking same. Um, let's get straight to it then. How are you scoring Killers of the Flower Moon out of 10? Seven and a half. Okay, I'm an eight. <laughs> so we're not that far off. Like I said, I like I, I don't think it's a perfect film by any stretch, but no. I think that my expectations were far lower. Like I think I gave the Irishman a five and I Oh this I was, was so, I enjoy I, I like like This I said, is a very enjoyable film. I don't think I, it can I, be understated how funny a lot of the film is too, given how heavy and dramatic of a plot mm, it is. I, I I do think it is ridiculously bloated in its runtime. Yeah. But I wasn't sitting there going, fuck me, this is long. Yeah. 
I need to go home. This is ridiculous. The Irishman, I literally halfway through, I was going, can this fucking thing end? This is yeah. obscene. Um, yeah. So this is, I mean, it, this is significantly better than The Irishman. It's yeah. it's a it's not a bad film, but given, and we we'll get to this in a minute, some of the high points of Scorsese's career. Yeah, it's you know it's better than The Irishman, but it's it, it's still I think a long way from what he has been capable of in the past, which is I think part of the reason that it kind of hurts when it's you sort of like okay we're never going to get those high points again. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, let's let's get there. So over on the Facebook listener community, we asked, you know, what is your favorite Scorsese and why? Uh, so let's start with aforementioned Paul Prezula from The Countdown. He said, good fillers. No, what a straw. All other answers will hurt my soul. <laughs> uh, to which Nicholas Haskins, I only just saw this, replied, the question wasn't about worst, <laughs> shittiest films, Paul. <laughs> Luke James Human, absolute champion, said, Casino, no question, took what was so good about Goodfellas and glammed it up. Uh, Shane Jasprizza said, The Departed or The Colour of Money. Oh, nice to see Colour of Money getting a mention. Kath Meta said, I confess to not having seen all of his movies, but Cape Fear was amazingly terrifying. Oh, Josh Raglan wow. said, Goodfellas with The Departed right on its heels. Gerald Morris, Morris from Two Peas on a Podcast said, Goodfellas, always been my fave, but more so lately since I know Nicholas hates it. <laughs> to which Nicholas Haskins replied, Goodfellas is straight garbage. Stop it. <laughs> so if you Haskins, haven't listened to Two Peas, <laughs> yeah. there's your two hosts right there. Uh, then Haskins chimed in with his answer, which was Shutter Island. First mention of that. Jon Snow, Julio from The Contrarian, said, Goodfellas, dude, peaked with Goodfellas and has been chasing that Goodfellas high ever since. <laughs> Alternating with the occasional spiritual detour, never gotten even close. Mediocre director with one amazing movie in his <laughs> filmography. Speaking of hot fucking takes. Okay, Jesus just kidding. Christ. He's the man, but it is Goodfellas, perfect from beginning to end. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let me ask you, Dave. Then, what is your favourite Scorsese? I right, I'll I'll go down from five because. Um, have you got a five? Have you don't have you got? I a I five? don't have five. Do I don't have five, but I I can give you my favourites. Yeah, uh, I think I can probably I'll, you know three four. I've got and I mean I've only given about ten seconds thought to the order of these, but I'm pretty confident with it. My top five Scorsese's. Uh, uh, number five, After Hours, which I think is his most underrated film, cracking comedy um, that gave us one of the best episodes of Ted Lasso as well, if you've gotten to that. But um, number four, Goodfellas, oh, maybe controversial. Yeah, that's low. I know. <laughs> um, I mean, this is quite personal, but uh, number three, Hugo. Which oh I think right! Is, yes, yes. Um, I always forget that's a Scorsese film. That that is that is his love letter to cinema, uh, and, and I love early cinema, as you know. But the whole, you know, Ben Kingsley as George Melies, and and just everything about that film, I fucking love. Um, number two, Raging Bull, and number one, obviously, is Taxi Driver. Yes. Okay. Good, because I was going to say my number one is Taxi Driver. Yes. Uh, my number two is um, The Departed. Uh, I fucking love it. Marky Mark. He couldn't make the top five. Nah. Nah, I love The Departed. I think it's so good. The Departed. 
<laughs> uh, number three, Goodfellas. Number four, yep. Casino. And at number five, I'm going to go yep. The King of Comedy. Um, I need which... to re. I I feel like that should be in my top five, but I haven't seen it in about twenty years, and I genuinely can't remember anything. And it's sort of tainted by the fucking Joker now, so I. Kinda... It, it is a bit, <laughs> but I'm I'm really glad that you had the same number one as me because Taxi Driver mm. I think is one of the greatest oh, films of all time. It's easily hundred percent. Oh, absolutely. One of my greatest cinema memories is about five years ago. I was working at uh, a visual effects house. And once a week we would have movie night where, you know, because the visual effects house, it's got several cinemas in it where you all sit down and, you know, you watch the scenes for review and stuff. And once a week we would watch a classic movie and then just sit around and have wine and cheese and chat about it like complete Oh, my God. Can I have that job? And the very first one I went to was Taxi Driver. And it was it was actually it was run by the receptionist of the VFX house who had worked as a VFX receptionist for about fifty fucking years and just loved cinema. And it was so it was just such a great experience to sit there and watch this movie on the big screen and then My I'll just sit around stops. chatting about why this movie absolutely rocked. Cause it does. It's easily Scorsese's best film. So yep. yeah. all right. Awesome. The only three that that, that, that I if I'd seen them more recently, I have a feeling may have got into the five because yeah. I remember thinking they were amazing and perfect, but I haven't seen them in decades. And that's yeah. Casino, which I have a sneaking suspicion I might like more than Goodfellas if I saw it again. Yeah. Um, Age of Innocence, which I, I remember fucking loving after what felt like about a decade of Merchant Ivory Shit that Noose could love in inverted commas. Um, <laughs> having Scorsese come in and kind of do a non-schmaltzy but equally amazing one of those costume period things. Um, I, I remember thinking that was what the best. Uh, at the time, I thought it was the best film I'd ever seen. So I yeah. kind of do want to rewatch it. And similarly, Last Temptation of Christ, I remember coming out of and thinking that is the greatest film ever made. Yeah. Yep. So I kind of need to go back to it because in my yep. mind it's blurred together with Gibson's film. Yeah, yeah, Passion of the Christ, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, Willem Dafoe, Jim Caviezel, and they're all just kind of, you know, one of them's got, I think it's last, <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming it's Last Temptation of Christ because it's Scorsese, but one of them's got Joe Pesci in a really bad red wig. Is, <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to see it again. But, yeah. So, nice. But, uh, it, Good to see that we all think that all of his best work was at least 25 years ago. <laughs> There's um, no Wolf of Wall Street or anything coming in here. <laughs> all right. Well, next week, there's no movies coming out, mate. What do you reckon we spin <clears throat> some tunes again? It's been a couple Love of weeks. It. Yep. <laughs> all right. Bring on how the you, tunes. How are you feeling about a playlist of one-hit wonders? I'm feeling pretty good about that. All right. Once yep. once again, though, yep. no crossovers. So, you know, you got to get your thinking cap on. I reckon we need at least oh, 15 This is going to take some time. It, yeah. Because yeah, this is a topic that might have some crossovers going. Yeah. Well, there's there's going to be obviously a, a good five or ten obvious straight off the top of your head ones. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be fun. So that's next week is uh, our, yeah, playlist of our, our top ten um one it wonders. One it wonders. Yeah. <laughs> 
had, I've had too many beers. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can do that at wewatchthething.com or wewatchthething at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and X, all under the handle at wewatchthething. Yeah, I get you. If you want to help support the show, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Ooh, do that. Thing. Definitely and do that. Here is talk about more music. We're recording two so music much episodes music. tonight. It's a cornucopia of episodes. And we'll catch you next week. Go watch Taxi Driver. Oh, <laughs>